Hey, 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 podcast world. It is FNO InsureTech with your host, Lee Boyd, and me, his co-host, Rob Beller. Hi, Rob Beller. How are you I'm today? Terrifically. What about you? I'm doing really good today. It is a busy day. Very busy today. Yeah, it's double podcast Tuesday today. <laughs> that is true. We don't normally have two podcasts on a Tuesday, but we did today. Yeah, our audience should know we spend so much time and energy and effort preparing and doing a podcast that it takes us typically 24 hours to recover. That's true. From doing one. Isn't that true? That's true. There really is a lot of effort that goes into these, a lot of research, a lot of discussion, a lot of pre-calls with you, Rob. There's a uh -huh. lot of stuff. <laughs> People might not realize it from listening to the final product, <laughs> but the truth is, is, yeah, it's a lot of work to get one of these on the air, but today we have double, we have two, but our first one is one that we've been working on for months and months and months, and that is with our friends at Hi Marley. Yeah. Hi Marley is a conversation platform. Uh, it really is directed at the insurance market and is really a carrier solution that allows the carriers to communicate quickly with their insureds, allowing the insured to get information back to the insurance company as quick as possible. So it's going to be a great conversation today. Yeah, they've taken a really simple idea, which is text messaging, and right. blown it out into a full-blown platform to facilitate effective, quick communication between insureds and the claim ecosystem. So not just the insurance carrier, but service providers as well. And so this is a God's honest, successful insure tech company right. that's uh, making their way and making a lot of noise. And we've had some other episodes where we've heard about them, both for how well they run a pilot but also for just how darn good the product works. Yeah. It's actually so good, Rob, that we thought maybe we could do the entire podcast on the text messaging platform. No, no, no. No, I'm sorry. That actually won't work. No, because it's text messaging. It's text messaging. I guess we could use text to voice. <laughs> but, maybe. But <laughs> but that would make a great that would make a great episode of just Text notification sounds yeah. back and forth, Ding. back and forth, back Ding. and forth. Uh -huh. Ding. Yeah, uh -huh. that would be. Uh, yeah, why don't you good... look into that, Lee? Let me and do in that. the meantime, <laughs> and while and while you're doing that, we'll we'll do podcasts. Sounds, okay, sounds folks. Like this point. is this is what I have to deal with every day, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That's what happens when you work with a nerd. <laughs> thank oh thank you. It, it hasn't been a day since <laughs> since you called me a nerd, so I appreciate that. Sure, sure. I mean that with love. Well, thank you. Well, why don't you go ahead and introduce this co-host? Okay, uh, this is, <laughs> I got that. This is Brian Falchuk, who's the head of customer at Hi Marley, and an interesting guy, a great guy. And uh, rather than talk about this anymore, because we've already burned up all kinds of time on this intro, which we try not to do, Podcast World, let's go straight to our interview with Brian Falchuk of Hi Marley. Hey, FNO podcast listeners, we're here today with our very special guest, Brian Falchuk from Hi Marley. How are you doing, Brian? I'm great. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Good, good. Where are you today? I'm in our offices, our, our new and first offices in uh, in Boston. Oh, that's nice. So you guys are a Northeastern company. 
That's right. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, you guys are making a lot of noise, this high Marley thing. Yeah, we're trying to. And and the noise sounds like a text message, doesn't it? It's a lot of dinging on people's phones. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot of dinging. Give us a minute or two on uh, your elevator on High Marley and uh, and what you guys are up to. So High Marley is, in a nutshell, it's an intelligent communication platform, which maybe in a nutshell, that means nothing. So what is it? It is a way for carriers and really the whole insurance ecosystem to communicate with customers, with uh, prospects, and with claimants to move them through the process faster. Now that process may be on the sales side, it may be underwriting service or where we started was focused on claims. So think about moving the customer through the claim or the claimant through the claim experience, the injured party through the experience to get to resolution faster and in a, a friendlier way. So it's, it's a simple, clear way to interact with the insurance providers to, uh, you know, to get to some form of resolution, whatever the context may be. And so what is your role at Pi Marley? So I joined just this past February as head of customer. And the reason is because I was a customer. So I'm a 20-year veteran of the PNC side. I was head of claims at a carrier. And I became one of the early customers of Hi Marley and got to see firsthand uh, what the value of the solution is and how it can really change the game for carriers. And so once the company got funded, we closed our Series A in January of 2019. They wanted someone to come on board and represent the customer side. So that's all the business development activities, that's customer success, so implementation and supporting our customers and our marketing efforts. And I joined in to uh, to take that lead. And it, it's been a nice fit because, you know, I, I get firsthand exactly what our customers live with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You have an interesting background. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So, you know, I said I've been in insurance for a couple of decades now and I've been functionally, I've been across the gamut. I spent some time as a management consultant. So that inherently means I've, I've done lots of different things in different aspects of insurance, but I've worked in personal lines, commercial lines, specialty, U.S. and abroad, large carriers and small. And most recently, I was uh, head of claims for Hiscox USA, which is a specialist carrier on the commercial side, both direct and broker sold. Um, so I've really, I've, I've been around it all really cool ride. You know, it's, it's an industry. I think people like to make fun of at dinner parties or you know, make jokes about working. We do. We do. I think it's awesome. It, it's, it's a great space and look without insurance, the economy and people's day-to-day -day lives just kind of grind to a halt. We keep things going even when they go upside down. So, you know, all kidding aside, I've, I've really been lucky to be in this space and, especially my time in claims, to have that firsthand ability to get people back up and running, get their lives put back together. That's a pretty special place to be in. So let's talk about the history of High Marley. You guys were founded by some people who have a long history in InsureTech, right? Is that correct? Yeah, you could call it InsureTech before the word was coined. Before there was InsureTech. Yeah. So the uh, three founders had started another company before this. They started something called Futurity Group. That was a really, a, it was a consulting company that ended up having a technology product. So they had something called Claims Monitor that was used to look at claims quality. So thinking about leakage, um, but then they expanded out into other aspects of insurance, but they were always really focused on claims. Uh, in 2007 is when they got up and running. 2010, they ended up joining Aon, so they, they were acquired by Aon. Um, 
and were part of the endpoint practice. So they've been working with carriers with claims specifically for what, like uh, 11 years, 12 years now. So that's their background. And yeah, it was technology and it was an insurance. So before people thought of, of putting those two words together, it wasn't insure tech. So they've done this before and they've been focused on the space for quite a while trying to solve for problems. And that's, it's actually in that work that the idea for High Marley was born because they were doing a lot of claims quality work and also looking at some of the customer satisfaction analysis that was done. And they kept seeing this correlation between better customer satisfaction and better claims outcomes. And so they said, you know, we can keep trying to clean this up after the fact, but what if we could affect the customer experience proactively? And what would that do to the losses? And that's where they, they started dream up high Marley. So let me just get that straight. They saw a correlation, a positive correlation between customer experience and a claim outcome. Can you define that a little more for us? Yeah. So in carriers where, for example, like their JD power ratings were higher, they found that the claims quality was higher as well. So lower indemnity, faster claim closure, lower chance of say covers litigation or other markers of dispute with customers. And they were trying to do some work around raising the JD power scores and improving the customer sat. And we're just realizing, you know, doing the cleanup work can be necessary. Spotting the problems is necessary, but what could you do in the moment or ahead of the curve to just change the whole interaction with the customer to begin with? Cause it, you know, any of us who've, who've handled claims have seen firsthand, it's a lot of phone tag. It's a lot of back and forth. It's a lot of unanswered emails. And you're sitting there with a claim that maybe would take just a few hours of concerted effort to close, but you can't even get in connection with the customer to know what the heck happened. And that is unbelievably frustrating for a claims handler and for the results. I mean, that whole time, your severity is just ticking up and up, let alone customer sat going down. So what if you could change that? That's where the, the nut for Had Marley started. So is that really what High Marley is? Are they an initial response to a claim? Is it once a claim is filed, High Marley steps in and starts that communication channel? What it is, is, you know, at the point of loss, uh, for example, if we're talking about claims, if you could change the way that you're communicating with your customer from that point forward, not just in the FNOL, but the entire life cycle of the claim, what can you start to do differently if you're able to move that claim to resolution? So I'll give you an example from my team's firsthand experience when we did the trial or the pilot of High Marley. Within about a couple hours of going live with the pilot, we got a claim in. The insured had you know done the FNOL. We initiated the tech stream with her, and she quickly responded back with photos and a video feed of her premises being broken into. And so within about two hours of the trial going live with High Marley and within minutes of FNOL, we had everything we needed to adjust that claim. So we had photos of the police report and the broken down, it was like a glass door that had been smashed that the guy came in through. We had video of him walking into the premises, taking a computer and one of these square payment terminals with an iPad built in, taking those right off her counter. We had photos of the receipts for that equipment and we had her account via text. And we looked at each other and we were like, wait, do we send an adjuster out? And do we need to talk like, what else do we need to do? We have everything, we're not used to that. And it's like within minutes of FNOL, we actually had everything we needed to handle the claim. And that's just, it almost seemed unbelievable. It's like, uh, 
there's got to be more to it than this. But we just said, no, actually, (laughs) what are we forgetting? Yeah, that was the wake up moment for us is hang on a second. And so we, you know, we had the claim resolved within a couple of hours. And uh, High Marley makes customer sat, you know, because it was part of where we came from. It's such an important piece of the process. So we send out a survey on the back end. And in that woman's open ended comments, she said, you know, it was so great to be able to text with you because I've been all tied up with, you know, the police and the glass replacement and the going to the Apple store to get a new iMac and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And my customers, I would never even have called you back for at least a week. So here we are looking at this as like, okay, we handled this claim in hours. We wouldn't have even had official first contact for what, five business days. Sure. That's game changing. Yeah. And of course, you know, she was tickled pink by the whole thing because she's got money in the bank and ready to roll within hours. We'd never been able to do that before. So once the insured takes the photos and you determine the path, you determine that that claim can be settled over the desk. Are there channels built into High Marley that'll send it down different paths, say, hey, this needs to be inspected by a field adjuster. This could be handled. Does it have that kind of intuity into it? So right now it's an open platform. So we're not dictating you do this or you do that. What we have is is the hooks to be able to tie into the tools that do that. So one of the things I think it's important to remember is the insurance ecosystem and the various providers, whether they're service providers or technology providers, is really powerful. And it's, you know, it's come up over generations, well over 100 years of solving for this stuff. We're not going to create like, you know, the next body shop solution and towing provider and field adjusting. So we're never going to be the best at any of those things. The best already exist. What we want to do is tie the best into the platform. So we have that openness to bring them in either into the conversation so they can be another person talking. And I'll I'll give you a really good example of that or bring their tools into it. And, you know, for example, you guys ever use Venmo or PayPal? You bet. Yeah. So, you know, electronic payment. Well, if you're texting, why can't we push out a link to do that and let someone receive payment instantaneously and let them self-serve filling out their information instead of trying to provide it to the carrier, the carrier has to rekey it, you know, let's let all that happen automatically. So we would tie in with these third-party payment providers to allow for that payment to process. You think of it as sort of, that's why I say it's a messaging platform, or it's this intelligent conversation. It's not a texting tool. It's not a chat bot. It's much bigger than that. It's like, it's a hub. And we can bring all those pieces of the puzzle into the, the conversation to move that claim forward. So what you guys are really have really acknowledged is something that I'm a big believer in, and that is the magic of communication and effective, efficient, quick communication. That's at the center of this. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not, it's not point to point. So it's not just me as the claim handler and you as the claimant or the insured or the injured party. There are others that we need to bring in. So as an example, if anyone's got experience with workers' comp, one of the drivers of severity is not bringing a nurse case manager into those medical claims early enough to recognize there's something brewing here and getting handled and contained before it blows up. Those are jumper claims. Yeah. If you as the claim handler recognize that, you're talking to the insurer and you say, hang on, I need to bring a nurse in on this. The only thing you can do is hang up, go call the nurse that you're affiliated with. You know, Maybe you have an outside provider or maybe they're in-house. You bring them up to speed, and then you're trying to coordinate the nurse with the injured party, and then they have to connect. What if you just had the nurse in the conversation from the beginning? So some of the carriers we work with who handle comp, they've got their nurses in-house. They bring those nurses right into the same chat stream. So it's not one-to-one. 
it's the ecosystem interacting. So the customer is sending in photos and, and explaining what happened or the injured party, the nurse and the claims handler are right there in real time. So the claim is being, you know, appropriately managed and the medical aspects of it are being handled in real time, not through separate coordinated or attempted coordinated conversations. That's really game changing. And we've seen the impact on the severity and the return to work speed, which is so crucial in comp. That's not just people's property, that's their lives. And then you got to think about the risk of litigation or being represented. All those things move in the right direction when you contain and handle it in a way that the person feels I'm being taken care of and someone wants me to be well again. So texting is the conduit between all these different parties. And I would assume that on the insured end, their tool is their phone. But on the insurance company end and the provider end and the service provider end, there's a bigger tool than just a text message, correct? Yeah. So we have a you know simple web interface. And look, you don't need to reinvent what messaging is. Everybody uses it. We wanted to make it look and feel like something people are used to using so that your people can get up and running quickly and be ready to go. So for example, my team at Hiscox, Hi Marley came in, did the configuration. We had bagels and breakfast and training. Within two and a half hours of those guys landing in our office, we were up and running. So yeah, there's some training, but it, it shouldn't be a heavy lift because you just understand how to use it because you've been messaging. Right, you know? right. Because you use so, it all day long, even yeah. when you shouldn't, even when you're not supposed to. <laughs> No, I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to comment on that, but yes. Um, so it's pretty straightforward, but yeah, there's an interface. And then the nice thing is, like for me, I couldn't do an integration because we had a bigger IT project going on that took precedence. So I couldn't integrate with my core system, but we have all the APIs in place. And, uh, you know, I know you guys had Alyssa Hunt from QBE on. We were working with her recently. They're a customer of ours put out a press release with them. They've done the integration using our APIs into their core system. So you can do it that way and you can have the systems talk, which is beautiful and seamless, or you can stand it up standalone, which for a lot of carriers is a great way to get started. And they, they have that transition path if they want it. And we can break those APIs up to work through, say your customer app or you know any other aspect of your customer interaction. We keep it very flexible but the power is in the transactions behind the communication. And that's really where, where we're powering things, whether you're using our web interface or the APIs. So one of the big issues with texting is regulation. Yeah. And I always say this, so you're going to have to bear with me here, but <laughs> my son is a co-founder in a company that is involved in SMS in the retail vertical. Okay. And uh, and it's gone very well. It's very successful, but one of their one of the huge barriers that they have both competitively and regulatorily, if there is such a word, yep. is that this is a regulated communication system. Yes, it is. And so how do you guys deal with that? I would assume that when you're new to to many carriers they haven't necessarily gotten permission. Do you have to get permission? How does all that work? Yeah, and there's two schools of thought from providers like Hi Marley. There, you know, there's other messaging solutions out there. Some of them just say, well, look, you as the one who owns that customer relationship, that's your problem. You handle it, it's your liability. We have nothing to do with it. You know, if you're texting people from your cell phone, that's not Verizon or AT&T's problem, that's yours. That's one approach. The other, and the, the U.S. regulations at issue are CAN-SPAM and TCPA. 
myself having worked at a, a company that had ties to the UK and to Europe, we were also subject to something called GDPR, which I got to tell you is like 10 times more stringent. So High Marley had to satisfy not just US regs, but also GDPR, which, which was a lot tougher, but we, we did. And that wasn't an issue for High Marley. The other side of it is instead of putting it back on the carrier, we could take it ourselves. And that's the approach we've taken. So we hold the liability by managing the opt-in, opt-out and the appropriate terms of service and privacy policy and all that. So we we at High Marley take that liability on ourselves to protect the carriers that we work with. It's our platform. We feel that we should be the ones managing that because this is supposed to be our expertise. So why would we expect an insurance company to have to become you know, telecom experts and telecom regulation experts? So we handle that on our side. What does that look like just practically? It's an opt-in, opt-out. So you need to offer people the appropriate ways to get in and get out. And you have to respect that and you have to evidence that. So we handle that and we capture that in all the transcripts that we we use. You know, that's another regulatory and uh, claims management point is you have to record this stuff and it's got to get in the claim file. Sure. We can talk about that in a minute. But from a regulation standpoint, we manage the opt-in, opt-out. And again, we've got these APIs. So if you separately as a carrier, you know, a lot of them do have communication preferences. You know, you want to go paperless. Do you want to get our emails? Do you want this? Do you want that? If a carrier is managing that, we can publish what we're receiving from the customer in terms of opt-in and opt-out. We can publish it back into their system, like, you know, a CRM or a marketing automation system. And we can consume it. So if we've been, if the carrier already knows the customer said, no, don't text me, we can consume that information and block the message from going out. And the carrier would obviously know in our platform, hey, you know, this is someone who has said no. I'm just curious, how does it start? I mean, if the carrier hasn't managed for this opportunity, how do they become aware that they can take advantage of this and opt in? Sure. So there's a, a couple of different ways. For some, if you have an online FNOL process, oh, there you very go. easy to, well, I shouldn't presume what, what people's, whether it's it's hard or easy to change forms, but we, we just added a question to Hiscox, would you like to communicate via text? So you can do that. If you're doing telephonic FNOL, we always find that's really the best way to do it is to have your phone reps raise the issue up, say, hey, w- you know, would you like to text with your claim rep during the claim? Let me have your mobile number and we'll get you set up so they can set that up right there. You know, insurance is a space where there's still fax messages going around. So, you know, we definitely see agents and brokers faxing claims in. Uh, That's trickier, but there's nothing in our system that prevents you from adding someone after the point of notice. So, you know, let's say you're going through the claim and, and they're not in high Marley and you're like, you know, we're playing phone tag all day long. We're sending these emails and getting nowhere. Can I send you a text message? And if they say yes, you just pop into High Marley and add their info and the message goes out and ask them to opt in. And once they do, you're good to go. And of course, this is something you have to be very careful about because the penalties are not insignificant. They are not insignificant at all. For many, they're more than the, the annual premium on a policy. I've been on the receiving end of some of those claims we had to cover. You know, So I've seen they get into the millions pretty quickly because you get to think about the volume of text messaging. It's almost 30 billion messages a day. So if you have some small portion of that at 1500 bucks a pop, those penalties add up really, really fast. And that's why, again, you know, we, we take that liability on. We don't feel that a carrier should have to worry about that. Right. You know, you, you brought up something a little bit ago I want to I hit on again. What do you do with all of the data? How do we save it? 
all these photos, all these text messages. What do you do with it? Well, so look, this is something that mattered a lot to me as a head of claims. If you have coverage litigation going on and your claim file is now discoverable and you have a discovery request, I need everything to be in that claim file. And some of the solutions that I had looked at said, oh, you know, just send the opposing counsel into our system, give, you know, give them a login. And, and I just, I cringed. I'm not sending opposing counsel into a communication platform to go look through everything. If I have a supervisor who I'm moving a claim to, or I'm switching it from one handler to the next, I need them to get up to speed quickly. I can't have them chasing down five different systems or, or even two to figure out what's going on with the claim. So that was something, again, because... The team at High Marley is of insurance. We recognize that from the start. So it integrates right back into the claim system, either through the APIs or we can put those transcripts straight into the claim file. And so for my team, you know, it was just there in the history on the claim. We can bring up the transcript and see everything. Time stamped, user stamped, photos are right there. The photos can also come in separately as individual images, you know, whatever your preference is. But that's really crucial. You can't have multiple ways of having to get up to speed on something or, or worse yet, you know, in discovery, you absolutely are not going to be exposing other systems to anyone. You need a consistent and complete claim file. Same thing on underwriting. You know, what was the underwriting intent? If you're using High Marley on the sales side, the underwriting side, you need everything captured in your core system. Well, it's very important. I'm glad to see that y'all are taking that very seriously. And especially with the regulations on text messaging, it's such a big deal. Yeah. You know, we've talked a lot about High Marley and what it can do. And I go out to market a lot and I look at companies and I think, hey, does this company work within our ecosystem or contractors might do that or carriers? And it really leads me to the question of who is your customer? Who are you trying to actually sell High Marley to? That's a great question. So it's still, it's still early days for us. And so that means our initial focus has been on the carrier side. And, and quite frankly, that's where the founding team had relationships. You know, I joined in. My relationships are the fellow CCOs I would see at conferences and whatnot. And I've been in the carrier space for a while. So that was a great starting point for us. But we really are focused on the whole ecosystem. So we would love to see High Marley in place at you know, really any point in the ecosystem. So for example, one of our partners that we're talking to is on the rental car side. So, you know, let's get High Marley in the hands of their agents because they're already working with most of the carriers out there and get their tools embedded in the chat stream so that the customer can interact. Like on that, that payment idea, I'd said, let's bring those tools into the chat stream so the customer is able to go back and forth automatically with those tools because they're already interacting in a data method on a smartphone to begin with. So we're looking at, you know, I want to name everyone, but we're either working with or talking to pretty much all, all the major ecosystem partners you can think of. And then we want to have the right tools so that let's say you're not a, a huge provider, like, you know, that national scale rental car service, maybe you're, you're a regional, or maybe you're a three body shop or one body shop location. How do we get you onto High Marley? Either, you know, texting with your phone easy enough, but get you in the platform for real on the back end of it so that you can communicate across all the carriers you work with. So we're looking at that and building that out. That's neat. Yeah, a lot of our conversations also go around implementing the product with a carrier or a company. And we talk to people all the time and everybody always talks about pilots, how pilots are so important, 
how they can go good or they can go bad. And we were most recently talking to uh, Ted Stuckey with with uh, QB Ventures. Yeah. And he was saying that y'all have a very well-developed pilot process. And I was curious if maybe you could talk to us a little bit about uh, what makes a pilot go good for y'all? How is implementing this product, you know, what have you learned and what do you think goes well? Oh, that's a great question. So we actually recently, on the back of all the pilots that we've done, we, we put together a success factors, you know, what makes for a really good pilot? And there's there's some things about what type of claims, you know, if we want to do it in the claims context, what type of claims make sense? You need to think, you know, it's a limited amount of time. So what kind of claims are you going to see the life cycle of that claim play out during that pilot? Because you don't want, you know, for example, I was in the med mouse space for a while and the tail on those claims is between eight and 12 years. Probably not the right thing to test out over the course of a month because you have no idea. But, you know, APD, auto FISDAM, that's a great use case. Some of the homeowners claims or commercial property claims, again, great use case. So thinking about some claims with some frequency severity maybe not too high but the tail is is somewhat contained so you can watch the claim go through to closure and you'll have that comparison point of hey you know claims we put through this system are closing 20 percent faster is, is the low end of what we've seen we've got some cat claims that are closing 50 percent faster what's the speed impact but you need to be able to measure that you're not going to see it on a, a two-year claim you know a gl lawsuit kind of thing it can help but you're not going to see that in a pilot. So we're, we're aiming for the shorter tail stuff so we can really test it. You need to put some meaningful volume through there. So, you know, we, we want to have maybe 100 claims or so. The more, the better. We have uh, one carrier who's putting through about 250 per week, which is awesome. <laughs> I mean, they're so, they're so hyped up about it. It's great. Like they're, they can't stop their reps from putting them in, which is exactly what, that's kind of the point, right? We don't want this to be a side gig. We want to have a nice, dedicated team that is trying to do it on 100% of their claims. We want to see the FNOL folks along for the ride because they're the ones, you know, if they're doing telephonic, they're the ones who are raising the idea of the system to the customers. So thinking about, you know, five to 10 users plus FNOL, how do we move these through? Try to get everyone at 100% or close to it if the customers will, you know, will opt in. So you really get to see in that short amount of time just what the impact is. And then the last thing we, we really make an important piece to watch is customer SAP. So we're watching what are those five-star ratings? We gamify it. So we put some competitions in place. And I will say firsthand for my team, they take ownership for this stuff. We had a guy who was leading on the five. We had a, a first to 55-star competition. And, and this guy, Matt, I don't know if he's listening, but if he is, he'll know exactly which Matt I'm talking about because I think he, he may have gotten it tattooed on his shoulder. He was so into those five stars and the poor guy had to issue a denial after about 10 days. And, you know, it's not something we did often at Hiscox, but when we did, you know, it, it, the team felt it because they, they would err on the side of taking care of the customer and seeing the claim through, but he had to give a denial and he paused and he brought everyone's attention. He said, guys, I, I got to deny a claim and the guy's in high Marley. I'm going to lose my perfect five star ratings. He sent out the denial. The customer texted in the survey. And he got a five out of five, which was a shock. We weren't expecting that on a denial. And, and the reasons were it was all about the ease of doing business. You know, it wasn't the answer he wished he got, but he got it quickly. He got it clearly. He's giving guidance, someone else to do. Matt went over and above because it was so easy to interact with the customer. So he's telling them, you know, actually, it's your landlord's policy that should be responding. 
here's what you need to do. Here's the information they, they'll need. So he was really walking them through where to find coverage. And he couldn't do that if this was all over the phone because he'd never get the chance to talk to the customer in that detail. So even though it was a denial, he loved it. So that, that's another key piece of that trial is get your folks really bought in. Think about customer satisfaction because that's, you know, driving down indemnity, driving up the speed of closure, really, really important. The employee engagement, that's really important too. But if you can affect customer satisfaction, you affect loyalty. And when you move loyalty, your retention rates go up and that's where the real dollars come in. Customer lifetime value, that's when you become a carrier people seek out, not the one who has to fight to hold on. And, you know, then you're just in a pricing game. Well, it sounds like y'all really have a great plan and a very thought out solution to to onboarding with these companies. You talked about the inner workings of a company, those actual users, not the insured so much, but the actual, say, claim rep or the the inside. What is your success rate there in actually getting people to use and buy into the product and are they enjoying it? Yeah, that's a great question. So that's another piece in that trial guidance where we don't think doing a trial with 100 users is the right answer. We think you keep it tight and that's so that you can get that buy-in so we can hold those hands so that the supervisors and managers can really see what people are doing and what needs tweaking. If you do that right, you get the recipe for the bigger deployment. That, and that, you know, QBE, great example of that. Their pilot users were amazing. Their pilot supervisors were really bought in and really involved in it. And so they helped us plot the course for how do you get the rest of the team really bought in. And that went beautifully. So you need some champions. And when you get the champions, the rest of the rollout, you have the game plan specific to that carrier because every carrier's culture is a little bit different. They, you know, what works with some may not work with others. You need to speak the language of the people at that carrier. And you learn that through the trial. Uh, so that's that's gone really well. And then the results. So they, you know, when those trial users, the pilot users are seeing the impact and they're seeing the customer sat, they're talking to all their friends at work about, you know, I'm getting all these five stars. They're naming me personally, thanking me. And then the rest of you, I mean, we get people begging. When you do 100 or so, it's it's just too spread out. And so you don't get the level of bought in, buy-in. You can do that in the full rollout, but you need to think about how you're bringing people on board. One of the interesting things about being an insure tech is you're you're working in the carrier world and you're selling into the carrier world like you guys are. You've been on both sides of the equation. That's tough, right? I mean, I'm just thinking about our other insure tech listeners who are dealing with how do I deal with this carrier world and getting them to get as excited as I am about this solution for them. I mean, we as claims people, we totally get what you're talking about. But talk for just a second about selling into the carrier space, a new idea. Yeah, you know, I think I'm in a weird position in, in a good way because I came from the carrier side. I was the guy you were selling to. And so, you know, I, I know all too well what the pressures are. I know what the timelines look like. So for me on this side, weird is the wrong word. Maybe it's lucky. I, I know what to expect and I'm not bothered by a longer sales cycle. I think actually, if you're coming from the tech space, for example, or the B2C space, then this might be a tougher game because it's not a, you know, a one week turnaround or even a month and you're good to go and you close your contract and, you know, on to the next. Insurance is different. And I know every industry says they're different. I genuinely believe insurance is different. 
you have to have the stomach for a longer process, a longer cycle, and really getting in and understanding your insurance carrier customer. And for insurtechs who are venture-backed, actually, I think that's probably the biggest place to do that education is with your VCs, or if you're, you're pitching and trying to get backing, if they're not an insurance-minded VC, they're probably not going to have the stomach for, for those sales cycles. I, I always say it's like um, for anyone who has kids, everyone will tell you before the baby comes about the sleep deprivation. And as an intelligent human being, you can understand that you're right. You're like, oh, I've been tired before. I understand this can be very difficult. Uh, and then you actually live through it. Yeah. And your comprehension or your realization that you had no idea what you were in for and what it's like to go, you know, two weeks without really sleeping, you wake up. And so VCs may, who don't know insurance may say, oh yeah, we get it. You know, yeah, it's going to take several months when their money's on the line and they're expecting sales and they see a quarter goes by and you don't have any, or maybe you have one and they thought you'd have 50. Are they really going to get it? And are they going to stand by and be supportive? So I think it's almost as much thinking about the carrier side as your investor side and whether they have they have a firsthand understanding of what it is. We've been very lucky. We have amazing VCs and amazing investors beyond that. You know, some are of insurance, some are not, but they understand that and they trust the team because this is not the team's first rodeo. But uh, you do need to understand that. And I, there are plenty of great insure techs who don't come from the industry. So maybe that's, you know, get smart on that. Maybe bring in a few insurance folks. This is a different world. Insurance likes insurance. So, you know, very relationship focused. Having that firsthand knowledge can, can really matter. One of the things that you guys have, I think, been able to do is, and, and part of it is the product that you're selling, is that you help solve an easy to understand problem. And uh, it's not complex or complicated. The IT department doesn't need to sit in the meeting for people to understand that you facilitate communication ultimately. And everybody in claims especially understands how much of a problem communication is. Yeah. And I mean, these are the things that we get graded on by our carrier customers, how quickly we make first contact how quickly we are on site to do an inspection, how quickly it comes back, how quickly it's QC'd. All these you know, temporal measures are around communication. And you guys can walk in and say, we know you have a problem with this and we have an answer. And I think that's a huge advantage that you guys have is that it's, it's really, you took something that everybody understands because, I mean, everybody has a smartphone. <laughs> there's how many people do you know that don't use text messaging so yeah well you know we work with flip phones too i'm sure <laughs> i'm sure you can have an old school flip phone if you want my yeah. mom may she rest in peace <laughs> used to text me on her yeah. flip phone never with proper spelling so we've taken up a lot of your time we really appreciate having you today there is one critical question that we haven't asked you yet and that is yeah hi marley what huh <laughs> the million dollar question yeah. where's the it's name not, come it's from? not a dog is it right well let me ask you is it so you think it's a dog what, what what's the consensus uh, well you both think dog i get the high part i think like an uncle you know? <laughs> but yeah no yeah hello so we we get asked this quite a bit and it is it's inspired by the dog there's no copyright infringement going on here so basically marley is supposed to be simple lovable way to protect you to help you through those moments and that you know who, who doesn't have a lovable friend you know with floppy ears and four legs and a bit of fur so that's the dog sort of evokes that now the 
the reason why Marley, there were other names they were testing, you can't have a common name because if, if your AI, your, your virtual assistant's name is like Scott, chance of your, you know, your claim handler being named Scott or Joe or, you know, Jane is too likely. And then you're dealing with Jane and Jane and like, well, which one's the virtual assistant, which is a human because they're both in the chat stream. Right. So we needed, so one of the other names ended up being like one of the top five women's names for 2017 and 18. So it's like, you know, good thing we didn't go with that. Marley is human. And I know two people named Marley, but it's not common enough that we would likely run into that problem. Right. Uh, You know, I know people with an Amazon Echo that have either Alexa in their first name or last name, and that that is a problem in their house. So yeah, that's it's, it's the simple, lovable, you know, like a good friend, but also a bit different enough that you're not going to run into it every day. Well, you know, we have a uh, similar thing because Lee and I work for 470 and we get that question all the time. And when we named the company, we just wanted it to be something that was different than the norm in our industry that we work in. And it turns out that we're headquartered in Waco, Texas, and 470 is the elevation of Waco, Texas. Oh, that's really interesting. There's a lot more information. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we used to get a lot of mileage out of that. I'm sure you guys do too. It's like, what? What? Not text, policy text genius or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I love your guys' name. I think it's a terrific name. Well, thank you. It's, uh, it's friendly. Now, I will say Marley being Bob Marley, you know, there's, there's some, that's often what what we get from people too but so we either get the dog or we get bob marley but it it's neither but it's more along the dog lines just from that that lovable friend insurance should be a lovable friend right they're trying to get your life back together it absolutely well you know and here's the thing and you're an insurance industry veteran and we're insurance industry veterans the amount of really good people who want to do right and take care of people in this industry is always striking to me it's not a bunch of money grubbers who want to take advantage. They really do want to help people in their time of need. And so, you know, I'll I'll give you a pitch here. A tool like yours really effectively is behind. Oh, no question. And and I think that's really cool. Good for you for for getting the job and 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 going with the company. I think um, I'm sure it's a very exciting ride. It is really neat. Yeah. I said this to you before we started recording, it's easy to you know promote something or talk about something when you genuinely believe in it. And because I've gotten to see it firsthand, I know it actually is helping those people who wish they could do well to help the customers. It's, it's helping them do that. And uh, you know, insurance companies are not bad people. We're not here to scam the customers and give them a, a gotcha to not cover things. Right. It's a lot easier if we could just cover it and move on. And Hi Marley allows for that yeah. with a little bit more than just cover it. Cover right. it and let me be a friend to you through the process. I mean, think about who do you text with? You text with adversaries, you text with your family and friends. So let's bring an insurance company into that realm. And I think the customers, the insurers, the injured parties, the claimants, it just almost subconsciously programs them to think, oh, I'm dealing with someone I like. That's why we get emojis back to the carriers. People send smiley faces and thumbs up. And, yeah. Would you ever have thought you'd be sending emojis to your insurance carrier? No. That's a great testimonial. Yeah. And we'll end with that. Listen, we thank you so much for fighting through traffic to be with us today. I appreciate it. And we'll look forward to talking to you again sometime in the near future. Thank you so much, Brian. Yeah, thank you both very much. Lee, I thought that that was a great interview about a product that I'm even more excited about now than I was before. Yeah, 
I, I agree. I had done a lot of research on it beforehand and talked to them even about it a little bit, but it's just, you know, it, it's really using a product within the entire ecosystem that we live in and that our listeners live in. Yeah. You know, we said in the episode that in working with carriers, time and effective communications are the things that we're measured on the combination right. individually and the combination thereof. And so to have it at the heart of this, is it just a tool that we're all using a ubiquitous tool that everybody uses every day, all day long, and bringing that into the insurance ecosystem in a robust way. It's a simple idea, but it's a, it's revolutionary. Yeah, and we can't look over at, at its core what it's doing is really improving customer satisfaction and the customer experience. Right, right. before the podcast, right. I left a, a meeting, an operations meeting, and it was all about how do we improve customer service? How do we make sure that everything we're doing is improving customer service and satisfaction? And really, it appears as though at their core, that's what they're doing. They want to improve customer satisfaction. They want to make it easy on the insured, and it's also easy on the internal user. Uh, but really, that's what keeps policyholders with their carriers. Good cycle time metrics and good customer stats. Right. And, you know, they have a team there, an experienced team. And this is something for all the InsurTech listeners out there. You have to have some people who understand insurance. And Brian, I mean, he's, he's all over it. Yeah, you know, they didn't go out and just get a guy who is aware of insurance. They went out and got a person who is intricately involved in insurance and has been a part and has really led some claims operations. And that's extremely smart because we've seen some insurance companies who went out and, and they hired a insurance guy who had been around but really had never been a part. Uh, so I highly recommend that to all of our startup companies listening. Get somebody who knows the inner workings of the insurance world, because it is different. But the other thing that that does for them is it helps them in this world of pilots. And everybody listening on this episode knows about pilots and how important they are right. and how tough they are, right? Right. And it sounds like these guys have a great formula. Yeah, they do. And that's part of being a good business is understanding how am I going to approach my customer? How are we going to test it out? And then how are we going to implement it once it's done? And it sounds to me that they have a great formula, that they really look at it, a small number of claims, a good number of users, you know, a small number of users who are going to really buy in, use it and accept it because that can always be a downfall. But really kudos to them, mm -hmm. right? If you can get in the door and sell it, then you're going to tell them how you're going to implement it, how I'm going to measure it, and then how, how I'm going to really put it to work once the pilot's successful. That's the formula. Can you see how we can use it ourselves at 470? I do. And I ask the question on who is his customer, you know, who are their customers? And I see it as a carrier front, but I could absolutely see a subset of their product within our mm -hmm. workflow because we don't really get a claim until the claim is filed. Mm -hmm. It's gone through the FNO mm -hmm. and now it's been assigned to an adjuster. So we would come in a little bit later in the process, but I could absolutely see how we could say, Hi, this is Hi Marley. Uh, your claim adjuster is so and so, and let's get this process started. So yeah, I, I I could see it, and I think it would work great. It's really a platform, and I could see how the importance of APIs here would really, you know, and feeding into other systems in the eco platform ecosystem, right? Right. 
I mean, that's really what it's all about is bringing these data connections together, right? Who am I allowed to text? What am I allowed to say? What data can I share with them that I know that will make them understand that this is a real thing? Mm -hmm. Uh, It's really just Mm -hmm. putting everything together. So yeah, APIs uh, really allow everything to just connect. Well, we thank Brian, great guy. I was pleasantly surprised. And full disclosure, (laughs) Brian told us that he's done like 140 podcasts Quite a few, um, and and I think you could tell that he was pretty he was pretty smooth, and I was pretty impressed. It was a pleasure to have him. Yeah, he knows what he's talking about. Okay, so we thank you. We ask that you support us by subscribing, which you can do on any of your podcast listening platforms. And we do not have advertisements, as you know, and we're supported by Four Seventy Claims who is our employer. And so we would appreciate you uh, subscribing and listening. And until next time, what do you say, Lee? Bye, everybody. 